Well, before we get into our podcast tonight, I thought I'd come on and just say it's that time of year when we'd love to have folks donate to the podcast. We want to keep the Judy Garland and Friends podcast going, and we want to keep the Jack Benny Show OTR podcast going. Those are my two podcasts that I run. We don't have enough money coming in right now to, to justify keeping both of them going, but I have no doubt folks will come through as they always have in the past. If you donate at the just the $1 a month level, if you go to Patreon and just through our site and just donate at the $1 level, you can have access to all of the Judy Garland shows that Mindy has ever done intros to. You can have access to all of the Bing Crosby shows that I've ever done intros to. At the $3 level, you get access to all of the podcasts we've ever done, which is a lot of fun. Uh, at the $4 level, you get access to all of those podcasts that we've ever done, our entire archive of thousands of shows that we've done, plus um, the archive of our source material that is our high-quality copies of, of different shows that you can listen to as well. We give those to you as a bonus just for, for signing up and supporting the podcast. So if you can, support the podcast. It would really help us out. Now, to get to the podcast, to be able to donate, you can either go to judy-garland.podomatic.com and over on the um, right-hand side, there will be a button for Patreon that if you want to donate through Patreon, that'll let you donate at the dollar level. There's also a button that's just PayPal that you can just do a one-time donation for as much as you'd like to donate. Um, over on if you, if you want to donate at the Buck Benny site, you can go to buckbenny.com. And on the right-hand side, there's also uh, lots of ways to donate. I ask if you're going to donate at the $1 level that you do it through Patreon, though, and not through PayPal, just because PayPal takes so much of the money at the $1 level. Anything beyond that, it's fine donating either way. Uh, anyway, thank you for supporting the podca podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening to it. And let's get into tonight's shows. Enjoy. Where the blue of the night meets the gold of the day, someone waits for. Wait a minute, folks. You ain't heard nothing yet. Hello, Al Jolson speaking. Al, this is Ken Carpenter at the Kraft Music Hall. You're supposed to be over here. From Hollywood, the Jimmy Durante Show. Ink, a dink a dink, a dink a doo, a dink a dink. Oh, what a tooth! A dink a dink, a dink a dink, a dink a dink. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another Triple Stack Sunday. Tonight we start off with Al Jolson's show because we found it in just great sounding quality. Best sound we've had on an Al Jolson show all season, so I thought I'd put that up front. His guest is Charles Boyer, who had a 50-year film career. 
so it's neat to hear them together along with Oscar Levant so that we'll hear that one first after that we're going to hear the Bing Crosby show and on Bing Crosby's show this week we have Barry Fitzgerald and Dorothy Kirsten now Barry Fitzgerald was in 40 years worth of movies he was in Bringing Up Baby in 1938 The Long Voyage Home in 1940, How Green Was My Valley, 1941, None But the Lonely Heart, 1944, The Quiet Man in 1952, and in 1944 he was in Going My Way with Bing Crosby. For this film in 1944 he won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor, he also won the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor. He was also nominated in the same role for Best Actor. Uh, he did not win that one though, but uh, pretty amazing. They'd, I don't think they let people get nominated for Best Supporting and Best Actor for the same role anymore. I think they have to choose one. But anyway, that's kind of neat. Uh, Dorothy Kirsten, who's on the episode as well, said some interesting things about Bing that I want to read you. She said in her book A Time to Sing on page 124 about Bing Crosby it is difficult to find one word to describe my feelings about this great performer's voice sexy, smooth, suave and ever so personalized many have tried to emulate his sound. Bing and I were close friends for quite a while and enjoyed some good times together he was a warm person with a gay and light personality at one time we actually became quite serious however there were two important careers to consider so we get a chance to hear Dorothy Kirsten sing with Bing throughout the show but first we'll get to hear Freedom Train or Bing sings with the Rhythm Airs and Ken Darby chorus then Roman the Romany life with Dorothy Kirsten and and the Ken Darby chorus Indian Summer with Dorothy Kirsten. Then we get to hear Bing sing When Irish Eyes Are Smiling, Shorten and Bread, Tura Lura Lura, I Wish I Didn't Love You So, um, all in this episode, so it should be great. Then to cap off the night, we have a Thanksgiving episode on the Jimmy Durante Show. So I hope you're going to enjoy all of these great shows, and let's get them started. Folks, you ain't heard nothing yet. This is the Kraft Music Hall, starring Al Jolson with Oscar Levant, Lou Bring and his orchestra and chorus, and our guest, Charles Boyer. So keep on looking for a bluebird and listening for its song Whenever April a shower Come along <laughs> Folks, this is Al Jolson in the old Kraft Music Hall well, the Christmas season is already in Hollywood. 
and all the stars parade down Hollywood Boulevard, which is called Santa Claus Lane. At the head of the parade is a big float carrying Santa Claus himself. And you know something? Santa Claus is wearing a beautiful green suit. This year, he doesn't dare to wear red. <laughs> Well, now to get our parade started here, and we'll have Lou Bring strike up the band, and I'll begin the march with a song called Hello, Tucky, Hello. Like all Kentucky boys longing for city joys, I left the farm and started to roam. Like all Kentucky boys sick of all city noise, I heard Kentucky calling me home. Any thrill you get when you are leaving Doesn't touch the thrill when you return You're saying, hello, Tucky, Tucky, hello Hello, Tucky, why did I go? What I've been through to get to you Now i found you, let me put my arms around you Shady bowers, valleys and hills Bird is flowers, nothing but thrills. I'm glad I went astray to get that kick up saying, Hello, Tucky, hello. Shady bowers. Valleys and hills, pretty little flowers, nothing but thrills. I'm glad I went astray to get that kick up saying, Hello, Tucky, hello. Al, today is the princess's wedding day. I'm surprised to see you here. Well, to tell you the truth, Oscar, I got an invitation to be one of the bridesmaids. Really, I did. How could you be one of the bridesmaids? I lied about my age. <laughs> Al, is it okay with you if I make a little announcement? Oh, sure, Oscar. I love you. You've been on the show eight weeks. I love you. Go right ahead and make an announcement. Good o. Uh, I want to thank the millions of people who have not taken the trouble to write in and tell me what they think of me. Why do you say that, Oscar? You know, Sam, you're very popular with the public. Really, you are. But I'm a very controversial figure. People either dislike me or they hate me. But, Oscar, look. They hate Oscar, me. Oscar, please. <laughs> there's, there's at least one person who really likes you. You? No, you. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm the first person I ever met who swept me off my feet. <laughs> Oscar, I want to ask you about that. Why is it in all your pictures you never swept a girl off her feet? Tell me. That's not entirely true. In my last two pictures, two very pretty girls kissed me on the cheek. Well, how come they just kissed you on the cheek? When they approach me from the side, it doesn't frighten them as much. <laughs> but, Oscar, look, maybe you ought to play a new character in your next picture. I did, in Magic Town. Wait a minute, just a minute. I saw Magic Town, and you weren't even in it. That's what was magic about it. Ooh. Uh... I'm a controversial figure Yeah uh, <laughs> I disappear before the picture starts Now, that, that's a part where you can really show off All your talent Listen, Doctor I want to give you a little tip Try and have them do your next picture in Technicolor I did my last picture that way Romance in High C How'd you come out in Technicolor? I look plaid 
<laughs> but I don't like color pictures. Really? My piano always comes out healthier looking than me. <laughs> In addition to that, the piano has a little more polish. Now, Oscar, look. <laughs> I'll leave the piano out of my next picture and depend on my own charm. I shall be America's answer to James Mason. Oscar? Oscar? I don't think the State Department would allow such a nasty reply. <clears throat> answer that. Now I'm mad. Well, what can I say? I'm a controversial figure. I'm going to play the piano and give it a good pounding. Same old Oscar. Look, Oscar boy, don't take it out on the piano. Play something tonight nice, gay, and frivolous, won't you? As you wish, Al. But my heart is breaking And if while I play A tear should drop upon the keys That's just to keep them clean Shoppers, this coming week is one of your busiest weeks of the year. And when you do your shopping, remember, it takes quality as well as a reasonable price to make a real bargain. For example, when you buy cream cheese, always insist on the brand that's guaranteed fresh. It's rich-tasting, fresh-tasting Philadelphia brand cream cheese, made only by Kraft and marked Philadelphia brand on every package. During the coming week, you'll probably be buying cream cheese. So be a smart shopper. See the name Philadelphia brand on the packages you buy. Protect yourself with Kraft's guarantee of freshness. Oscar, Oscar, wait, wait a minute, Oscar. What are you doing there? Yes. Well... You're not singing. 
I am too I'm singing Dark Eyes Those, those Dark Eyes sound a little bloodshot to me <laughs> Oscar, that's a very beautiful song And if it's got to be sung, please let me sing it Come on, give me an, a, give me an epuchio Ochi chornia Ochi zguchia Ochi strasnia Ipria krasnia Kak you blue Kak ba yuz yavas Značu vidjel vas Jovni Dobry Bravo, Al. I liked it. You did? Yes. Uh, those foreign language songs sound good, even if you don't know what they mean. Well, there's one thing about American songs. You always understand what they mean. You know, like Maisie Dotes, Lamsey Divey, and Zippity Doodah, Zippity Yay. I, I like those. Al, I yeah. think I got one that will stump you. You know what this is? Go ahead, let me hear it. Sipo Sipo Signore Signore Scusatemi E io non mi presento Io sono il I didn't know you could sing Oh, Oscar <laughs> Honestly, Oscar I, 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 I don't want to, you know I, It was nothing I know, but I enjoyed it anyway <laughs> Oscar, that's kind of nice What's the name of that number? It's not a number I was just trying to break off a hangnail you could write some beautiful songs, you know, if you had more hangnails. Look, Oscar. Give, give me another pukio, whatever you call it, will you? That's all I do is give you a pukio. Oscar, look, look, Oscar. Oscar, take five, will you? I want to sing this a cappella. By the light of the silvery moon. Now. You need me. <laughs> Al, uh, there's something I'd like to hear you do now. What? It's the anniversary song, and I think it's appropriate. It's appropriate because you've had more of them than anyone else. What? I, I, I don't mind what you say, Oscar, as long as you ask me to sing the anniversary song. How 
we danced on the night we were wed. We vowed our true love, though a word wasn't said. The world was in bloom. There were stars in the skies. Except for the few that were there in your eyes. Dear, as I held you so close in my arms, angels were singing a hymn to your tongue, to hearts gently beating one murmuring home. My darling. I love you so. The night seemed to fade into blossoming dawn. The sun shone anew, but the dance lingered on. Could we? But relive that sweet moment sublime. We'd find that our love is unaltered by Pardon me, uh, pardon me, sir. Uh, are you Asa Johnson? <laughs> no, 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 sir. I'm Asa Yolson of Yolson and Johnson. <laughs> and Mr. Boyer, I know who you are, and I'm really happy to see you here in the Kraft Music Hall. What? Kraft Music Hall? Surely. Oh, I, I believe there is a little mistake, Mr. Um, uh, Yolson. Uh, when they said musical, I, I assumed I was going to attend a concert. Well, that's really a terrible mistake. Yes, yes, I know, but uh, I didn't realize it until I heard you sing. <laughs> that guy is an Oscar Levant with adenoids. <laughs> look, uh, look, Mr. Boyer, even if you're in the wrong place, I, I really hope you'll stay. Anyhow, you're welcome. Well, I guess it'd be embarrassing for you if I should leave, but uh -huh. on the other hand, if I stay, it might be very embarrassing for me. Listen, Charlie hmm? You, uh You don't mind if I call you Charlie, do you? No, no, not at all Go ahead, you call me Charlie And I will call you Mr. Jolson That's fine You see, uh, you see, Mr. Jolson In France, yeah. we have uh, We have great respect uh, for old age <laughs> Especially uh, when it comes in such uh, large quantities Yeah <laughs> Well, look, Charlie, please do me a favor. I mean, every week this happens. Let's, let's not talk about my age. After all, it's not that I'm older than anyone else. I, I was born just a little earlier, that's all. <laughs> I know. I know, Alan. I assure you, France is very, very grateful to you 
early Americans. <laughs> and by the way, in case Napoleon forgot, yeah. uh, I want to personally thank you uh, for the money you spent for the Louisiana Purchase. <laughs> when, uh, when was that, Charlie? In 1803. 1803? My, how time flies. It seems like only yesterday, really. <laughs> Say, Charlie, look, while you're here, I want to ask you something. You know, we really, we really, I mean, this is between you, we have something in common, you know. Really? We're both great lovers. Is that so? Except I ain't had no advertising, you know. <laughs> now, in the arts of triumph, I happen to see the picture in the projection room. Ingrid Bergman gives you a wonderful kiss. Tell me, Charlie, what's your secret? What made her do that? A contract with Enterprise Studios. <laughs> now, listen, Al. Yeah. Tell me, aren't there other things to talk about besides women? Aren't there? Well? <laughs> Al, aren't there? Offhand, I can't think of anything. <laughs> well, you know, it becomes very monotonous to always play the great lover. Really? Now, today I even got a call from Grauman's Chinese Theater. Mm. They want me to put my heart prints in the cement. Heart print. Yes. My knee prints are already there. <laughs> but Charlie, you know, that's junk thing. I that's something. You you just gotta face it. You know, you're a very romantic figure. Everybody knows that. All right, all right, if they insist. But all I'm telling you, I'm getting sick and tired of playing the great lover. I know how you feel. I'm a tired great lover, too. <laughs> Pardon me, Al. Uh this is Charles Boyer, isn't it? I <laughs> Oscar, no, no, please. I mean, I mean, you've gone to this. Boyer, Boyer. Oh, it is Boyer. Uh -huh. Charles. Hello, Oscar. Come et allez-vous, Charles. Uh, très bien, Oscar, très bien. Pas mal de tout. C'est très agréable de vous voir. Oh. <laughs> tout <laughs> plaisir pour moi, Oscar. Listen, boys, look. Oscar, you, you must have gone with me to the cast bar or something. <laughs> boys, look. I don't like to interrupt, but a lot of people who buy cheddar cheese don't understand that talk, including me. Oh, I'm so sorry, Al. You see, Oscar and I were discussing the arts. The arts? Well, if you're going to discuss the arts, you can discuss them with me. I just got my 1948 Esquire calendar. <laughs> Esquire? Mm -hmm. Oh. In France, we call that the Ladies' Home Journal. <laughs> Monsieur, Monsieur Jolson. Il est un petit schmo. Non. Non, 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 non. Un grand schmo. Look, wait a minute, wait a minute, boy. You, you, you boys don't have to show off, you know. When they make a life story in the movies, they don't care about an education, you know. They even make it about an ignoramus. Oh, I know, I know. I like the Jolson story. I love it. Oh, I love it. And one of these days, they're going to make the Boyer story. Charles, who's going to play you as a small boy here? Oh, I would like to play myself. Oh, oh, at that age, I was so cute. Really? <laughs> there, oh, there would be a good part for Oscar, too. He would be my, my old piano teacher. Yeah? And Al, you could play my father. Your father? <laughs> oh, that, that would be unbelievable. Make it grandfather. What? <laughs> Look, boys, I, I kind of like this idea. The picture will open in a small town in France. I would be your father, Asa Boyer. Asa Boyer? Boyer, Azay? In the first scene, you would be in the parlor listening to me sing an old French song. Mademoiselle Femme Matisse, Paris, 
Mademoiselle Famarmatis, parlez-vous Oh, papa, papa <rire> Grimpa, did you know Mademoiselle Famarmentier Oh, oui What do you mean, oui We all know her <rire> Charles, you better get ready, Professor Livant He's coming over to give you a piano lesson Oh, papa, how can he give me a lesson We do not have a piano I know But we get the lesson cheaper that way. Oh, <laughs> oh papa, filet mignon, pâté de foie gras, vichyssoise. Oh, Charles, mon ami, where you learn to speak that French? Of the Grand Derby menu. <laughs> It would be cheaper to hire a teacher. <clears throat> oh, Charles, bonjour. Oh, Professeur Levent, bonjour. Come, Charles, I teach you piano. But we don't have a piano. I brought one with me in my lunch pail. <laughs> How could you get a piano in your lunch pail? I took out the tomatoes. <laughs> It's unbelievable. No, they were big tomatoes. <laughs> Now, Charles, sit down and I give you your first lesson. Put your hands on the keys. Those are the keys. Your foot on the pedal. Now try to play something. <laughs> Papa Boyer? Your son will never be a piano player. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, Papa, Papa, I'm discouraged. I want to leave France and go to Hollywood and be a great lover. Why can't you be a great lover in France? Well, because my accent doesn't mean anything here. <laughs> The women here hear it from every Tom, Dick, and Pierre. <laughs> Wait a minute, Charlie Nasca. I, I see a different slant on this whole Boyer story. I think we should open in a little Parisian cafe uh -huh. with young Charlie sing a beautiful French song. That's good, but I'm not a singer. Who will sing it for me? I'll give you two guesses. And one of them is little Asa Boyer. <laughs> And this is how it'll be. Music, Louis. Quand les pluies d'avril... Quand les pluies d'avril... Eh bien, ils viennent de ce côté. Ils viennent de ce côté. Portent les fleurs. Ils portent les fleurs. Qui fleurissent en mai. Quelles fleurs on en mai. Alors attends l'oiseau bleu. Et leur attends l'asveille bleue. Et écoute la chanson. Écoute les chants, chants, chants. Oh. Together. Jusqu'à la bébé pluie d'avril. <rire> Good, very good. I'll, of course, you know what these words mean. Sure. I'm a grand schmo. Right. <laughs> This time next week, when the music hall comes through your radio, your folks will have had their Thanksgiving dinner. Probably your menu, like many hundreds of thousands across the land, will have included the famous Philadelphia brand cream cheese. Maybe you'll have a fruit salad topped with this creamy white favorite. Maybe you'll whip up Philadelphia cream cheese with a little milk for an elegant, fluffy, rich topping for your pumpkin pie. Or maybe you'll finish off dinner with a tray of crackers and fruit and fresh Philadelphia brand passed with a coffee. No matter where you live, from Maine to California, that Philadelphia brand cream cheese will come to your table exquisitely fresh, guaranteed fresh by Kraft. Just be sure to buy genuine Philadelphia brand, famous for over 60 years. See the words, Philadelphia brand, Printed right on every package of cream cheese you buy. Folks, there's an old saying that goes, 
The song that we hear with our ears is only the song that is sung in our hearts. But only a great artist can take that song from his heart and transpose it so we all can enjoy it. Such an artist was my old friend Jerome Kern. Songwriters everywhere acclaimed him as the dean of American music. Jerry had many a hit show on Broadway and many a hit song on the lips of the people. To me, his greatest work was a score from Showboat. That kind of music could only come from the heart. One song I especially love and the whole world loves has all the wistfulness, the sadness of the bayous and the plaintive lament of a people. Lots of folks work on the Mississippi. Lots of folks work while the white folks play. Pulling them boats from the dawn to sunset. Getting no rest till the judgment day. Don't look up and don't look down. You don't just make the white boss frown. Bend your knee, bow your head. Pull that rope. Until you're dead Let me go away from the Mississippi Let me go away from the white man boss Show me the stream that they call the Jordan There's the old stream that I long to must know something, but don't say nothing. He just keeps rolling, he keeps on rolling along. He don't plant taters, he don't plant cotton, and them that plants them is soon forgotten. But old man River, he just keeps rolling along. You and me, we sweat and strain, body all aching and wrecked with pain. Coat that Mars, lift that veil. Get a little drunk and you land in a jail. I is weary and sick of I'm tired of living and fear of a dying. But old man river, he just keeps rolling along. Let me go away from the Mississippi. Let me go away. Good night, folks. Tune in again next Thursday when our special guest will be Dorothy Lamour. This is Ken Carpenter saying goodnight. Stay tuned into the station to hear Jack Carson with Eve Arden, who will follow immediately. Today, the clever hostess takes no chances preferring to serve her salads with one of two famous French dressings made by Kraft. 
The first Kraft French dressing, mild yet spicy enough, is America's most popular French dressing. Then there's superb Miracle French dressing, also made by Kraft. Both are seasoned to perfection. Choose the one to your taste, delicious, intriguing Miracle French dressing, or the slightly milder, delightfully flavored Kraft French dressing. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. transcribed in Hollywood with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, the Rhythm Airs, and Bing's guests, Barry Fitzgerald of Paramount Pictures, Dorothy Kirsten of the Metropolitan Opera, and the Ken Darby Chorus of several fine voices. And now it's time to open our gilded cage and release Philco's songbird, Bing Crosby. Well, thank you, Ken, but you really don't have to get so fancy with your introductions no? here. Who do you think you are, Portland Hoffa? <laughs> huh? No. Let us get off the siding, eh? Get on the main line with the Freedom Train. If the rhythm airs and John Scott Trotter are ready, we shall hop aboard, eh, laddie? Lassies, come along, then. This song is a train song. It's a song about a train. Not the Atchison, Atchison Topeka. No, no, not the Chattanooga choo-choo. Nor the one that leaves at midnight For the state of Alabama This song is a train song Where the engineer is Uncle Sam Here comes that freedom train You'd better hurry down Just like a Paul Revere It's coming into your hometown Inside that freedom train You'll find a precious freight those words of liberty, the documents that made us great. You can shout your anger from the steeple. You can shoot the system full of holes. You can always question we the people. You can get your answer at the polls. That's how it's always been and how it will remain. As long as all of us keep riding on the freedom train. write the president a letter you can even tell him to his face if you think that you can do it better get the votes and you can take his place here comes that freedom train chug and chug you better hurry down just like a paul revere it's coming into your hometown you can hate the laws that you're obeying you can shout your anger to the crowd We may disagree with what you're saying But we'll fight to let you say it loud That's how it's always been And how it will remain As long as all of us keep riding Riding on the freedom train Riding on the freedom train 
Bing and Rhythm Ayers and Ken Darby oh, Chorus. Thank you, thank you. We all did our very best. Well, Bing, you should. That's the old Philco spirit. Everything's Philco with this fellow tonight. I don't know what's going on. Well, Bing, it's Wednesday night. What do you expect me to talk about? Hook drugs? Yes, Hollywood Loomcraft drugs. <laughs> Palamine runs a place by that. Oh, you'll get one for that. I think a little discourse on hook drugs would be very interesting. Well, I agree with you, Bing. There's nothing like a hook drug under a beautiful Philco console. Oh, this boy is filled with grim determination, isn't he? There's nothing I can do but yield the floor. Well, thank you, Mr. C. I just want to tell the folks about Philco's super smooth automatic record changer. It's a new type safety changer that won't chip or chew up your records. Doesn't get out of whack if you just breathe on it either. Handles up to 12 records at a clip. Gentle as a baby in a bassinet. The new Philcos are like that. No shortcuts, no shoddy workmanship, but top quality all the way through. So for your best buy in radio phonographs, look at a Philco first. Remember, every radio Philco makes is backed by the resources of the world's largest radio manufacturer. Research laboratories, materials, radio know-how, plus the capacity of the longest radio production lines in the world. It all pays off in the most for your radio money. The outstanding values at your dealer today from Philco the Leader. Famous for quality the world over. That heraldic fanfare would be John Scott Trotter rolling out our musical carpet for the first guest of the evening. Sounds like he's really got his teeth into the carpet, too. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce the very lovely and tremendously talented young lady from the Metropolitan Opera Company, Miss Dorothy Kirsten. Hello, Bing. Dorothy, I think the opera people are very fortunate having you in their company. I heard you sing the opera Louise, and you were a smash. I'm glad you liked it, Bing. You know, I've spent most of the summer studying Louise in Paris. Oh, well, Dorothy, I'm going to Paris to study next summer myself. Are you going to study Louise? Oh, Louise, Yvette, Mimi, <laughs> I paint, you know. I know. I've seen some of your shirts. Yeah, no. Well, radio isn't a very dressy business, Dorothy. We're very informal. Oh, I know. I kicked around in radio for a long time before I went into opera. Oh, isn't that funny? You started out in radio and wound up in opera. I started out in opera and I wound up in radio. Opera? Yeah. You, Bing? Yes. When? A long, long time ago. I, I sang several seasons with the Spokane Wenatchee Opera Company. <laughs> I was very big in Rigoletto. <clears throat> yes. You know that part in Rigoletto where the tenor has to hit the high note? Mm-hmm. And you sang it? No, but I helped the guy who did. I stood behind him with a spear. <laughs> yourself into your part, didn't oh, you? Oh, I was pitching at all times in those days. <laughs> One performance, though, I ever overdid it a little, and the poor guy had to finish his solo from the chandelier. <laughs> Opera certainly must have been lively in Spokane. Oh, we were gay in those days. By the way, Dorothy, what's your favorite opera? Portia Faces Life. <laughs> She's a grand girl, isn't she? Portia. She's a good guy. I never miss it either. Is, is there an aria from the Portia Faces Life that you might like to sing tonight, Dorothy? Well, I could sing the theme song, but I don't see an organ around here, well, so... Then, how about <laughs> Victor Herbert's uh, Romany Life? Love to. From the fortune teller, huh? Uh-huh. I tell you what, while you're singing it, I'll wander out in the audience and read tea leaves or something, huh? <laughs> okay with me, Bing. Dorothy, the stage is yours.
his chain Never any other have we Never any other may make so bold, uh, I'd sure like to join you in another of the immortal Victor's tunes, huh? I'd love to sing a duet with you, Bing. But let me warn you, I'm no Lawrence Melliker. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm no Jimmy Durante, either. <laughs> well, we'll muddle through it somehow. John Scott, mood music. Indian Summer, if you have it in the books there. Summer, you're the tear that comes after 
Junetime's laughter You see so many dreams that don't come true Dreams we fashioned when summertime was new You are here to watch over Some heart that is broken By a word that somebody Left unspoken You're the ghost of a romance in you Going astray Fading too soon That's why I say Somebody left unspoken. You're the ghost of a romance in June, going astray, fading too soon. That's why I say Please stand by for the jackpot question. At this juncture, let's roll out the Kelly Green carpet for my delightful sidekick of several happy motion picture adventures, the Dennis Day of the Social Security set, <laughs> Mr. Barry Fitzgerald. Thank you, Ingrid Bergman. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> You and your silly introductions being... Well, I was just kidding, Barry. Welcome, stranger, from the picture of the same name. <laughs> being this, being around Thanksgiving time and all, I feel a little guilty about something I did. You haven't been taking anti-brogue shots, have you? <laughs> no, being, but I did something very underhanded, and it's a personal insult to you. Oh, what is it, Barry? Get it off your chest. Confession is good for the soul. Thank you, Father O'Malley. <laughs> Come on, come on, let's have it. What well, when you were up in Jasper Park, I sneaked out to Universal Studio and made a picture without you. Oh, Barry, how could you? It's called Naked City. <gasps> <laughs> yes, I played the part of a police officer. It's a sort of going my way in a patrol wagon. 
Well, tell me, Barry, in this picture, do you wind up getting the girl? The girl? Ooh, listen to the man. <laughs> I don't think you want to get the girl. Why, you're not even married, Barry. But being married would interfere with me hobby. What is your hobby? Bachelorhood. Barry, you're missing a great life. No, but when it comes to women being, I don't want any of the sweet-smelling selves sashaying around my house. You're really opposed to them, huh? When I walk into the bathroom, I don't want to be slapped in the back of the neck with a pair of wet nylons. <laughs> you know, now, I'd like you to meet a very lovely lady. I think she might change your opinion. Let me introduce you to Miss Kirsten. She's an opera star. Ah, uh, one of those screechers and screamers. <laughs> I think I'd rather be smacked with Wedding Island. <laughs> this, this girl is not a screecher or a screamer. Oh, Dorothy. Yes, Bing? Uh, Miss Kirsten, I'd like to present Mr. Barry Fitzgerald. How do you do? A morning, you Bing. If she takes one step nearer to me, I'll make myself invisible. <laughs> Bing, what's he talking about? Oh, he'll do it, too. He's a tricky little leprechaun. Leprechaun? Yes, Barry's the only full-blooded leprechaun in captivity. Oh, come now, Bing. Leprechauns are only in fairy tales. Well, the story of how I first met Barry very nearly is a fairy tale, Dorothy. It all began many years ago on a little side street in Spokane, Washington. Late one summer's night, the dull lamp in a shoemaker's workshop cast eerie shadows over the cluttered benches. Well, Harry, it's getting pretty late, and you've still got a lot of work piled up on your bench, sir. Gee, I wish a little leprechaun would sneak in here tonight and finish up all of me work. Oh, you Irish lads with your silly notions. You're always calling for banshees to frighten your enemies and leprechauns to do your work. But it's been a long... Never mind, never mind. I'm going home now. And don't you dare leave until you finish Mrs. Rochford's heels and Dr. Lynch's hunting boots. Good night, Harry. Good night, sir. Huh. Heels and hunting boots, soles and brogans. Tips and lifts. Boy, if I could just get hold of one good old-fashioned Irish leprechaun to do my cobbling for me. I could go to the flickers and sing with the slides. When Irish eyes are smiling, shooters like a morning spring. What? Well, who the blazes are you? Me name is Fitzgerald. And let me add that you're as sorry a shoemaker as I've ever seen. Oh, I suppose you could do better, old-timer. Yeah, I could. And don't call me old-timer, young-timer. It so happens that I'm one of the youngest of all the leprechauns. You, leprechaun? Yes, I'm only 3,867 years old. Oh, you don't look a day over 3,600. <laughs> well, I know all about leprechauns, and I don't think you're one because you're not invisible, and besides, you're too big. Ha-ha! <laughs> look who knows all about leprechauns. Well, if you're a leprechaun, I'm Nelson Eddy. Oh, so it's proof you're wanting your pretty upstart. Yes. Now, I just have to sprinkle some magic powder on you. Mammy's little baby loves to shorten and shorten and Mammy's little baby loves... Well, I'll be darned. No, no, do you believe me? Well, gee, if you're a leprechaun, you're the biggest one I ever heard of. What are you, the new giant home economy size now? No, me boy, I'm a hexed leprechaun, driven out of Ireland by me fellow pixies, never to return until I can replace that which I've destroyed. And what did you destroy? Only the greatest singing voice in all of Hibernia, John Francis Patrick Mulroney the third. The third? Yes, his mother was married twice before. 
Maroney was the only man who ever lived who could sing a certain song good enough to please us all as leprechauns. Well, if he could sing so good, why did you destroy him? Well, oh, I'm a regular practical joker. You know, it's all on account of me that there are so many rabbits in the world. How come? Well, hmm? when Noah was bringing animals on his ark two by two, I slipped in an extra pair of bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> What happened with Mulrooney III? Well, one day we were all picnicking near the Blarney Stone and Mulrooney was about to sing for us and just for good luck, he leaned way over to kiss the stone first. And? Well, being of a playful nature, I tickled him with the quill of a poofer bill bird. They're extinct now, thank goodness. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, anyway, Mulrooney III got to laughing and fell from the rock and broke his neck in three places. <laughs> You must have felt bad for tickling Mulrooney the third, eh? Oh, I felt terrible, 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 terrible. <laughs> How did the leprechauns take it? Oh, they wanted to break my neck. But you can't kill a leprechaun, so they put a hex on me. They turned me into human form and sent me away to wander the world until I found another voice which could sing our song as good as Mulrooney the third. But why must you have a voice like Mulrooney singing just one special song? <laughs> You weak human being, don't you know that leprechauns can't go to sleep without that special soothing song? I tickled Mulrooney almost 1,500 years ago, and we leprechauns haven't slept a wink in all that time. And believe me, boy, we're getting mighty drowsy. Well, um, now, I'm getting mighty drowsy, too, so if you'll excuse me, I'd better finish Mrs. Rochford's Oh, ear. no, no, you don't, lad. I heard you humming a good old Irish tune. I've got a hunch that you're just the fella to replace Mulrooney III and reinstate me as a leprechaun in good standing. Come on, me boy, we're off to Ireland. But I can't, I've got to fix these oh, shoes. not at all, me boy. Me magic power will take care of everything. Gee whiz. Be quiet now, be quiet now, fellow leprechauns. I tell you that after searching for over 1,500 years, I'm positive that this young fellow is the logical successor to Mulrooney III. He'd better be good. Yes, I've got to get some sleep. Ah, you'll get your sleep. Now, quiet. All right, honey, my boy, here's the words of the music to the song. Now, get over here by the Blarney Stone and sing it good, or I'll tickle you with this feather. I'll do my best, Fitz. Hush now don't you cry Big success, me boy. I knew you could do it. Look at them, they're all sleeping like angels. In fact, 
I'm slipping away myself. Well, Bing, that was the most amazing tale I've ever heard. Well, it is pretty amazing. Amazing tale, all right, Dorothy, but it's really nothing. Wait till you hear what the Philco man has to say. This is out. Oh, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bing, you can also soothe leprechauns with Philco's new electronic scratch eliminator, especially the leprechauns who raise hob in your radio phonograph. The ones who hiss, hum, squeak, and snore every time you play records. You won't hear another peep out of the little people with this exclusive new development from the Philco Laboratories. It automatically tunes out needle scratch and surface noise, lets you hear all the music in any phonograph record, old or new. Philco engineers found a way to separate the noise from the music and to keep the noise out electronically. From now on, no hiss, no squeak, no scratch. Just a background of blissful silence to the exquisite soft passages. It's the greatest advanced in recorded music since Philco introduced a new kind of tone arm, the patented dynamic reproducer. Together, they're an unbeatable combination in the radio phonograph of connoisseurs, the Philco 1270. Ask your Philco dealer now for a free demonstration of the great Philco 1270. It's the last word in luxurious listening from Philco, the leader. And now that we've uh, put all the leprechauns to sleep, you folks are next. The selection I've chosen is I Wished I Didn't Love You So. This is quite a soporific. I wish I didn't love you so My love for you Should have faded long ago I wish I didn't need you so why must your kiss torture me as long as this? I might be smiling by now with some new tender friend. Smiling by now with my heart on the man But when I try Something in that heart says no You're still there Wish I didn't love you so I would like to mention that the U.S. Marines have just launched a big drive to recruit men for the Citizens Marine Corps. You young fellows might like to look into that. Now, let me thank Barry Fitzgerald and Dorothy Kirsten for being such charming guests this evening. 
It was most enjoyable, Bing. And when you get to New York, drop in at the Met, will you? Oh, I will, Dorothy. Be sure to bring your spear. Oh, I will, yes. <laughs> Say, Bing, what? when are you going to have that fellow Al Johnson on your program again? <laughs> Well, Jolie's promised to be with us, I think, the week after next, Barry. Who's with you next week, of being? Next week, Dorothy Frankie Lane will be on hand. We hope to cook up some very merry stuff. Good night, Dorothy. Good night, Bing. Goodbye, me boy. You mean good boy, me bye? No, I meant what I said. Yeah. No. Okay, boy, goodbye. goodbye, me boy. I can't win with this fella. You've got to run second. Good night, folks, and thanks. This program was produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Bill Morrow and Murdo McKenzie. Barry Fitzgerald appeared through the courtesy of Paramount Pictures, producers of Golden Earrings, starring Ray Milland and Marlena Dietrich. Tune in to Philco Radio Time next week and hear Bing Crosby, John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, the Rhythm Airs, and Bing's guest, Frankie Lane. And remember, for tops in radio listening all the time, get a Philco, famous for quality the world over. <laughs> Hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Jimmy Durante Show from the 1947-1948 season. I don't know how much you've been enjoying these. I've been having a lot of fun with them. Sound quality is amazing. Tonight's episode, we get to spend some Thanksgiving time with Jimmy Durante. We already spent Thanksgiving with um, Bing Crosby a little bit on Monday night, Tuesday night. Some Thanksgiving time with... uh, Jack Benny and the gang, tonight, of course, with Jimmy Durante. And it just brought up something to me. If you could invite any old-time radio star to your house for Thanksgiving in any time period, who would you have? Now, I'm going to ask you guys to email me your answers in a second, but I... It's too easy if we just say one person, because uh, 90% of you will probably say, oh, Jack Benny. And that's what I would say, too. It's not just light or fluffy or anything. It's just that's who a lot of us would pick. But let's say you pick three people, or three to five, somewhere in there, and you email me who you would have visit you for Thanksgiving. I'll give you mine really quick. I'll give you a three. Number one, have to be Jack Benny, you know, so it's going to be Jack, and it'd be 1940-ish, and so that I could uh, talk to him about his show and about how they're um, adding cast members, and and I could talk about Rochester's character, and um, I just think around that time would be really cool, so like 38 to 42-ish, sometime in that time frame. Then... Secondly, and probably more importantly, <laughs> but secondly, I would have it be Phil Harris. And for Phil, it would be in 1951, 52, probably 52. 
is really one I'd want to see Phil. And I would spend the dinner trying to talk him into taking his show and doing what Jack was doing with his, keep doing it, the radio version, but do a television version. Talk to him about how Lucy did it and how she filmed her shows. And um, I just really pushed for that. And I think that would be a really interesting conversation that I would probably lose. Uh, and then, then the third person. Who would have third? I almost want to say Bob Hope. And yet I've heard people that have met with Bob Hope. And, you know, some of them have really good memories of me with Bob Hope. And other ones don't as much. So, you know, maybe Bob. Um, I guess I'd probably go with Elliot Lewis. And if I was having, if I was going to go with Elliot Lewis, it would be, oh, late. Like, uh, 1980, 81 something like that, because I would like to talk about all of the things that he did in radio and, and just have a chance of hearing about his whole experience with radio in general. So I guess those would be my three people. Um, anyway, who would your three people be? Email me at buckbennyotr at gmail.com. I'd love to hear it. And enjoy another Thanksgiving episode with... Jimmy Durante, and we'll see you tomorrow. Good health to all from Rexall. From Hollywood, the Jimmy Durante Show. Ink, a dink a dink, a dink a doo, a dink a dink. Oh, what a doo, all the Now, ink, a dink a dink, a dink a doo, a dink a dink. Yes, it's the Jimmy Durante Show with Arthur Treacher, Candy Candido, Roy Bargy and his orchestra, our Rexall sportscaster Tommy Harmon, yours truly Howard Petrie, and our special guest tonight, that glamour boy of the corset set, Victor Moore. Brought to you by 10,000 Rexall drugstores who carry the complete line of top quality Rexall drug products. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, an early guest for your Thanksgiving dinner, the one and only Jimmy Durante in person. <laughs> But I want cream in my tea. You feel better, you even look better. But I say I'm putting lemon in your tea. How ghastly. I want cream in my tea. Too bad Princess Elizabeth and Philip are having their first quarrel. <laughs> say, that's right, Jimmy. You were at the royal wedding, weren't you? Yes, and what an exuberant festivity. I was running amok with emotion, and Howard, right after the ceremony, the princess mounted a palatial stairway, and when she threw out the vital brocade, do you know who caught it? Who caught the brocade? Durante. <laughs> oh, gosh, Jim, when a person catches the princess's bridal bouquet, that means they'll become a member of the royal family. You don't know it, Howard, but you may be looking at the new next queen mother. <laughs> which may be very confusing to the queen's father. Well, now, Jimmy, I hope you haven't neglected your work here at home. We all know you're running for vice president next year, but have you decided on a campaign issue? Yes, Howard. That's why I conducted my nationwide poll of the new look. I'm going out wholeheartedly for the women's vote. Oh, women, 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 women. <laughs> <laughs> this boy scout master 
let him out in the world too soon. <laughs> but how women's fashion in such a hubble bubble and hubble that I've even designed the style of my own. My dress will be backless, sideless, seamless, hemless, topless, sleeveless, and strapless. Well, what's it called? Good morning, Judge. <laughs> get to the bottom of the situation. So I went to the studio of that great designer of feminine clothes, Anatole, and he greeted me very warmly. Oh, voilà, Monsieur Duranty, très bien, voulez-vous, je ne sais pas, I kiss the cheek. I kiss the cheek. I kiss the cheek. Please, please, a simple hello will do. <laughs> Give these guys one line and they'll run you right off your own show. <laughs> but tell me, Anatole, how do you feel about the new look? Oh, the situation is terrible, monsieur. This new style, she's ruining for Anatole the dress business. And to think this should happen after I've led such an unhappy life. You see, years ago, I worked in France picking olives. All day long, I picked olives, I stuffed olives, I packed olives. Nothing but olives, olives, olives. So I come to America to become a dress designer just so I can forget olives. And who do you think my first customer is? Who? Zazu Pins! <laughs> but I can't talk anymore about it. You will have to continue the discussion with my model here. Oh, Mrs. Brady, I'll be happy to help you all I can. <laughs> I wonder I can't get insurance. I'm living in a hurricane zone. Oh, you gay rascal, you. Your nose, or is a good year blimp flying low today? Flatterer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I can help you in your survey about the new look. I've even written a new song about the new look. Would you like to hear it? No. Fine, I'll sing it for you. Now listen. <clears throat> Old MacDonald had the new look. Yo-yo-yo. With a new look here, a new look there. Um, uh, here look there. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now stop that vocalizing. <laughs> there, now, don't you think my singing will help you get the new look? I'm not worried about the new look. Where am I going to get a new audience? <laughs> what a dilemma. Can anyone give me an opinion on the new look? Well, I'm the man on the street, and I've written a poem about the new look. You... <laughs> you have a very intelligent face. Go ahead. Read it to me. Well, here goes. New dresses cover up the legs. There's nothing left to show. So now instead of whistling... I'm feeling mighty low. Ah, <laughs> uh, I can tell this isn't Duranny's day. But folks, I've had my moments. Yes, I've had my moments. When I look back through life, I find lots of memories remain. Certain days stay in my mind And keep running through my brain I remember the day that Italy swam the channel What a flash! I remember the Wall Street crash Or when Winchell first shouted flash But there's one day that I recall Though it was years ago All my life I will remember it I know I'll never forget the day I read a book it was contagious, 70 pages. There were pictures here and there, so it wasn't hard to bear. The day I read a book, it's a shame I don't recall the name of the book. It wasn't a history 
I know because it had no plot, it wasn't a mystery. Because nobody there got shot the day I read a book. I can't remember when, but one of these days I'm gonna do it again. Why, if you walk into my house, you'll see loads of books. And believe me, they're not there just for appearances. <laughs> I press an awful lot of butterflies. <laughs> I know reading is relaxing. What did Napoleon do for relaxation? He read a book. What did Lincoln do for relaxation? He read a book. What does Congress do for relaxation? They book a red. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm familiar with all the bestsellers. There's the Encyclopedia Britannia, Forever Umbriago, and a new piece of significant literature which says, Atka Gritka Betka, Setka Engelapha, Ala Mali Shui. How do you like that? I've been reading the life story of Mumbles. <laughs> but I love good reading. Why, last week I spent two solid days in the library. Much to my regret, I buried my nose in a book, and what happened? I forgot which book I buried it in. <laughs> but but past the scope. It wasn't a history. I know because it had no plot, it wasn't a mystery. Because nobody there got shot. One day I read a book. I can't remember when. But one of these days I'm gonna do it again, yes, sir. One of these days I'm gonna do it again. Did you know that more than 2,000 different drug products carry the name Rexall? That's a big family indeed, and a highly respected one, too. For in millions of American homes, the familiar name Rexall has come to mean the utmost in quality, purity, and reliability. So for any and for all of your drug needs, Always buy Rexall. You can have confidence in what that name means. Quality, purity, and reliability in drug products. Get them at Rexall drugstores throughout the nation, where 25% of America buys its drug needs. If you want to be sure that the product is pure when you ask for a drug preparation, buy the Rexall line at the Rexall sign of Rexall identification. Good health to all from Rexall. Well, friends, Jimmy has been fattening up a turkey in his backyard for Thanksgiving. But while he was away, Arthur Treacher has been selling raffle tickets on the turkey. And Treacher doesn't want him to find out because he'd take it back, and then Treacher wouldn't have the turkey, which he really didn't have to begin with. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. Our show has a plot this week. <laughs> Well, let, let's see what happens. Oh, I say, Mr. Durante, sir, I was looking for you. Would you care to buy a raffle ticket on a turkey? But, Treacher, I already have a turkey. Yes, I've seen it, sir. And I think you'd be better off to eat it while listening to the Rose Bowl game on New Year's. He looks to me like a USC turkey. A USC turkey? Yes, a very tough back for you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's my tall boy who said that. <laughs> well, I, I think you should buy a ticket, sir. Have you ever won a turkey raffle? Well, at the last one I attended, I had number 6347958437762. 
But the fellow next to me had number 84957355876645. So just for luck, I said, I'll trade you my 6347958437762 for your 84957355876645. So he gave me 84957355876645 for my 6347958437762. A lucky number. Well, who won, sir? The judge's brother-in-law with number six. <laughs> but come on, Treacher. Let's go in the backyard and get that turkey ready for tomorrow's festivities. Well, you know, sir, I think you should consider carefully before doing away with that bird. Once I had a pet turkey, and after I cut his head off, I was filled with remorse. Only quick thinking saved the situation. If you'd already cut off the bird's head... What could save the situation? Well, I rushed him to the nearest pub, sat him on the counter and said, Bartender, put a head on this. Oh, sir. Oh, I say, I've got a million of them. A million of them. <laughs> you got a million of them. Why did you have to pick on that one? <laughs> but let's forget your raffle, Treacher. Come on out in the backyard and take a look at my turkey. Your turkey, sir? Oh, if you only knew. <laughs> ah, that's my turkey. Won't he look nice on the table? <laughs> this turkey isn't stuffed. He's loaded. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should have something else for Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Why, sir, he kissed you. Why not? Anything with a beak like that has got to be on my side. <laughs> but simply ain't going to get in my way. Teacher, get that boy to the chopping block. Well, sir, I, I feel there's a confession I, I must make. You see, your turkey is the one I'm raffling off. And someone has already won it, sir. A catastrophe. Why, you won't get my turkey, Teacher. He's my Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, look, sir, look, he's flying over the fence. <laughs> That's not a turkey, it's Hildegard. <laughs> Preacher, do something. Well, don't get excited, sir. There's our turkey coming back up the walk now. And there's a man with him. Why, it's Victor Moore. <laughs> Jimmy, isn't it true that on Thanksgiving... People are supposed to eat turkeys. That's right, Victor. Yeah, I told you, you crazy turkey. Now let go of my leg. <laughs> let go of that leg, turkey. That's Victor Moore, not Dorothy La. <laughs> well, Jimmy, old pal, I guess I won the turkey raffle. Here's the winning ticket. Number 888. <laughs> Gosh, I'm crazy about eight. They're so feminine looking. <laughs> I'd better have a talk with this boy. He's beginning to notice things. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Wrap up the turkey. Now, wait a minute, Victor. This happens to be my turkey. Oh, no. I want it fair and square. I'm eating this turkey. <laughs> you stay out of this, you beast. Now, look, Jimmy, I don't want any arguments. I'm awfully tired. You are? Yeah, I've been... Breathing all day. 
You know, if it's too much of a strain for you, do what I do. Close one nostril for the season. <laughs> Treat you. Explain to Mr. Moore about the turkey. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Moore, but this particular turkey belongs to Mr. Durante. However, here is your first prize in the turkey raffle. But well, wait a minute. What am I supposed to do with this egg? Well, sit on it long enough and you've got your turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing doing. I entered a turkey raffle, not a maternity contest. <laughs> Victor, Victor, you'll go down in history as the first turkey sitter. Besides me. <laughs> I got a laugh for one of the musicians. Besides, Victor, I can't get another turkey. I can't get another turkey before Thanksgiving. But I know you can. You're a big man in this town. I am? Sure, you've got a lot of drag around here, a lot of pull. Well, with what I've got to drag around, I need a lot of pull. <laughs> But don't think you're going to talk me out of this turkey with flattery. You're right, Victor. Our friendship is too great to be shattered by such a trivial inconsequentility. So I acquiesce to the inefiritable. <laughs> How embarrassing. Even a turkey knows I said it wrong. <laughs> Follow your script, turkey. You come in later. But, Victor, I got the solution. You have Thanksgiving dinner with me tomorrow. Oh, peachy. Now take that turkey out in the backyard and give it the axe. Me? Why do I have to do it? Why can't you knock the beast off? <laughs> I couldn't. I'm just a softy. But you, Victor, I can tell by just looking in your eyes that you're strong, red-blooded, and fearless. Are you sure you're looking in my eyes? <laughs> That's the turkey. I'm over here. <laughs> Victor, Victor, there's no other solution. You've got to go through with it. Okay, give me the hatchet. Now, where's the turkey? He just locked himself in the garage. Oh, I'll get him out. Hmm. Hey, we got four of them now. Yeah. <laughs> no, Victor, these are the sportsmen. When Jack Benny went home last night, he remembered to take his Maxwell, but forgot his quartet. And it's a lucky thing because it's time for a song. Sing, sportsman. <laughs> Each morning a missionary advertises with neon signs. He tells the native population that civilization is fine. And three educated savages holler from a bamboo tree. That civilization is a thing for us to see. But bongo, 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 we don't want to leave the Congo, no, 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 no. Bingo, bango, bongo, we're so happy in the jungle, we refuse to go. Don't want no bright lights, false teeth, doorbells, landlords, we make it clear that no matter how they coax us, we'll stay right here. We look through a magazine, the missionary's wife comes here. We see how people who are civilized bang you with automobiles. When they've got two weeks vacation, they hurry to vacation ground. They swim and they fish, for that's what we do all year round. So bongo, 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 we don't want to leave the Congo, no, 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 no. Bingo, bango, bango, we're so happy in the jungle, we refuse to go. Don't want no bright lights, false teeth, doorbells, convoys, noise in our ears. So no matter how they coax us, we'll stay right here. We'll stay right here. 
The distinguished Rexall quality story begins in the Rexall Laboratory. Yes, the Rexall Laboratory is one of the largest and most completely equipped pharmaceutical laboratories in the world. More than 2,000 different Rexall drug products are scientifically compounded under the exacting direction of the laboratory's doctors, chemists, and pharmacists. That's why when your Rexall druggist says, for example, In Rexall Plenamins, you get all the vitamins for which our minimum daily requirements have been established. Plus, liver concentrate and iron to help prevent simple anemia. You may be sure your Rexall druggist knows what he's talking about. Thanks to the unsurpassed quality standards of the Rexall laboratory, you can depend on any drug product bearing the name Rexall. The quality of one Rexall product will tell you the quality story for all Rexall products. Remember, 25% of America buys its drug needs at Rexall drugstores. If you want to be sure that the product is pure when you ask for drug preparation, buy the Rexall line at the Rexall sign of Rexall identification. Good health to all from Rexall. Victor, Victor, Victor. Turkey's head is supposed to go on a chopping block, not yours. Uh, gosh, I don't know why I'm so timid. My father was one of the toughest men in the days of the Klondike Gold Rush. You think my family raised sissies? Why, the day I was born, my father threw a wild cat at the McCrib and said, I'm cooking the loser. <laughs> my uncle, Harpoon Snoop Durrani, was one of the most feared men in the great Northwest. I'll never forget the story he told me about the time he was lost. What a fate. What a fate. Lost in the frozen wastes of the Yukon. Left to freeze in the ice and snow. Hundreds of miles from civilization. Gordy Omers, get your popsicles here. <laughs> popsicles. Food. Food, I'm saved. <laughs> But wait a minute. What are you doing in a frozen wasteland selling popsicles? I'm working my way through. Through what? I don't know. They won't tell me until I sell all these popsicles. <laughs> <laughs> well, bless your little pecan crunch. <laughs> say, <laughs> say, you must be frostbite more, the most feared man in the Yukon. Can there be any doubt? Who are you? You're shaking mittens with harpoon Snoop Durrani. Mighty lucky you finding me like this, Frostbite. She sure is a bad night out tonight. Never did see and never did I see such a bad night as she sure is a bad night out tonight. <laughs> is that written right? Well, how is the weather? Pretty good. <laughs> but for saving my life, Frostbite, I'm giving you a half interest in the lost mine of the Klondike. It's right over there. Let's go. But wait a minute, there's somebody already at that gold mine. How do you like that? General Myers beat us to it. <laughs> no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's Cutcoat Cactus Pete, the bloodthirstiest desperado of the Yukon. I got it. You sneak up behind him, frostbite, and keep him covered. I can't. My legs just froze up. Oh, that's just bad blood circulation. 
Just shake your legs a little to start the circulation up again. Okay, I'll shake my leg. Now she flows. <laughs> now go ahead, Frostbite. Get down on your stomach and crawl. Well, why don't you crawl? I can't. Why not? When I'm on my stomach, my feet don't touch the ground. <laughs> if he had a longer head, he wouldn't make a bad seesaw. <laughs> okay, Victor. We're close enough. Pull your gun and keep him covered. All right, you guys, I got you covered. If anybody makes a move, I'll blow my brains out. <laughs> you ain't scaring me, stranger. I got a knife here, and I'm gonna cut you from ear to ear. I think I'd better go sell my popsicle. <laughs> Don't move, Cactus. My partner's mighty handy with the shooting iron. He is? Well, I'll be a rattlesnake's uncle. My partner cut his first tune on a horse pistol. He did? Well, I'll be a coyote's grandfather. Yeah, and I'd let you have it right now if it wasn't for one thing. What's that? I haven't got it. <laughs> Well, I'll be a hyena's nephew. This guy's got a lot of relatives. <laughs> okay, boys, you caught me red-handed jumping your claim. What are you going to do about it? Say your prayers, Cactus. In just ten seconds, you won't be here. Yeah, what makes you so sure? I peeked at the next page and you haven't got a line on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's gone. Just shows you what lazy writers can do. <laughs> okay, Frostbite, let's dig for the gold. That can wait. Let's celebrate first. I'm going to find my gal, Malamute Sal, and smother her with kisses. You want us to travel 75 miles by dog sled just so you can kiss a girl? Yep. That's mushing a long way, just a mush. <laughs> let's go. Bartender, bartender, give me a double whiskey straight and a short beer from a dog. Yeah, and I'll have a bourbon frappe with a rattlesnake a sitting on a cherry. Yeah, and give it to me in a broken glass. <laughs> Hiya, Frostbite. How's my little sugar plum? It's my girl, Harpoon Snout. I want you to meet Malamute Sal. Howdy, little missy. I'm setting up this round. What's your pleasure? Kissing, what's yours? If Mrs. Calabash is listening, remember she's twisting my arm. <laughs> Sorry, stranger, but my kisses belong to Frostbite. Take it, Frosty. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my little butterball. Would you rendezvous avec moi ce soir? No, I couldn't, really. I couldn't. Oh, chérie, mon nom magnifique. Je vous embrasse avec toute ma cœur. Je vous donnerai les baisers, beaucoup de baisers. No, I couldn't, really, I couldn't. What's she saying? Maybe I could. Sacre <laughs> <laughs> bleu! Hey, it's half-breed Harry. Malamut says she's my girl. I kill, I kill, I kill. Would you care to buy a popsicle? <laughs> Listen, you ain't killing nobody, half-breed. That's my partner you're talking to. Who are you? By God, you got one big nose. What'd you expect me to have two little ones? <laughs> you stay out of this. Draw your gun, you butterball. We fight for girls. No, no, don't. 
Stand back, Sal. I'm going to blow him to bits. They shut the lights out, and I think they knocked each other off. That means you're mine now, sweetheart. I'll kiss you like this. And this. Now, what do you say? Will you marry me? Well, I'd like to, but I got to... <laughs> Here are those foremost Rexall reminders for the week. Remember, 25% of America buys its drug needs in Rexall drugstores. Remember, Rexall is that large and respected family of more than 2,000 different drug products. Remember, you can always depend on any drug product bearing the name Rexall. Remember, Rexall drug products are available in Rexall drugstores everywhere. Touche, Howard, and I'd like to add... I do my shopping at a Rexall store, buying Rexall drugs, and the furthermore. Umbri, I'll go, he prefers them too. We buy Rexall, that's all. How about you? Thanks, Victor Moore. Thanks, Victor Moore, for coming over tonight. Next week, folks, Charles Boyer is going to be our guest. And what a team we're going to be for the ladies. What he lacks, I haven't got either. <laughs> Before we close, we're going to get a little, little low down on one of the big football games this week from Tommy Harmon, famous player of the Los Angeles Rams. Tommy, tell us what goes with the football situation this week. Well, Jimmy, there are a great many top football games this week, such as Texas versus Texas A&M, Georgia versus Georgia Tech, and Southern Methodist versus Texas Christian. But our Rexall spotlight this week shifts with the eyes of the nation to Philadelphia, for one of the sport's grandest spectacles takes place. I'm referring to the always great football classic between Army and Navy. To those of you who were fortunate enough to see last year's game, you will probably never forget how a valiant Navy team fought one of the Army's greatest 11s to a standstill and almost caused the upset of the year. Army won the game 21 to 18, but as the gun sounded, Navy was driving inside Army's five-yard line. This year, the game will not have the outstanding name stars as it has had in the past. But the game will be just as fierce as previous ones in the spirit of competition. I happen to see Navy play once this fall, and although they have a fighting 11, I don't think that the middies can turn the trick against the superior Army team. Once again, I think the strains of on brave old Army team will echo through the streets of Philadelphia come sundown next Saturday. Good night, Peggy Lee. See you next week. And good night, Mrs. Calabash. This program was produced and directed by Phil Cohan. Good health to all from Rexall. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.